I'm gonna wait until my thing comes out of the oven and I'm gonna put the peanut butter on it. Boy, I can do that while we're talking, right? I'll just do it quiet. I'll mute myself. <laughs> is that the introduction? <laughs> hey, listen. Um, I'm ready. This is how like real life is. This is a real life podcast. Welcome to the real life podcast. Dun, 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 dun. Teachers teach teaching. Dun, 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 dun. Teachers teach teaching. Wow. I wasn't ready for that ending, but all right. So today we are going to talk about how to set boundaries with parents for distance learning. Um, and the main thing we're thinking about here is knowing that now that you are doing lots of Zoom calls and some things that are live, some things that are pre-recorded, there are lots of pros and cons to the fact that parents may be hanging out um, in class more than they would have been previously. And so the goal of this is to really think about, um, I think sometimes we think of setting boundaries always as like negative. And so it doesn't have to be negative. If boundaries are set uh, ahead of time and set well, it actually is going to help all of you. So I want us to think about how are we setting boundaries with parents or guardians, whomever is at home with the students that are part of the learning that actually ends up being helpful and more supportive for the student, the parent, guardian, adult, and the teacher? Yep. I think the key here, and you said kind of in two parts, the key here is setting boundaries early, uh, right? So I think where conflict comes up with boundaries is when people feel blindsided because now they feel like you're trying to get out of something. You, you don't want to give them the answers they want. If, if boundaries come too late in the game, uh, you're going to make parents feel uncomfortable. Um, so I think setting those boundaries really early, um, early on to say, and, and we can spin everything in a really positive way, just kind of how we're talking about boundaries sometimes has this negative connotation. We can spin this in a way of like, it's not that I don't want you to be involved. I definitely want you to be involved, but I want your student or I want your child um, to gain independence. Um, so we're just kind of looking at those little language flips um, that I think are gonna really help buy-in when it comes to talking about boundaries. Yeah, so I think a good one to start with because it's like a new one that everyone's dealing with really specific to online learning is especially when you're having live class calls. And so I think, and some of you may be able to prove me wrong, but that a lot of us skipped the step of letting parents know what our expectations are of them during a live Zoom call. And what I mean by that is, and this is obviously you wanna think about the age that you're teaching, all of that. So these are more like questions to be asking yourself um, and how to communicate that to the parents of, do you want the parents to be like, should we be able to see the parents on camera? Is that okay? Like, is it okay if the parents um, chime in and are like, well, I have a question about that assignment or if they're putting things in the chat and I could make arguments to like, yes and no for all of the things that I just said. Um, for me, I will say again, for high school students, I do not want parents on the live call and a couple quick reasons as to why is, so one, um, that's always going to 
change the, the climate and the environment of how students may or may not choose to be open and interact. And so during those live calls, that is really important to me that it feels like a safe space for them to, to talk about whatever they need to talk about. Um, two, uh, I think that gets to be a little bit of a murky area when you're dealing with students and then all kinds of other adults that maybe don't have background checks or all of those other things are seeing students faces seeing students names and actually like being able to say whatever they want to say and so um for me framing it to parents in like yes i want you to be involved i'm happy for you like you can look at the assignments like all of those things um but being a part of the live call is really it's it's a way that I'm trying to make sure that students are safe and feel safe, and that includes your child. Um, if you have a question for me, this is how you know this is how you should interact with me. So, trying to think ahead of like why are all the reasons that they might decide to like um, pop in. And now that's not to say that there aren't sometimes like parents walking around in the background. Like, of course, like we're in weird places and people are in their houses. It's not like, don't you dare walk in the same room that your kid is in during the call. Um, but making it kind of clear of like, no, like don't really want you pulling up a chair, or clicking the link and like saying hello. Yeah. And so I'll say from, <clears throat> excuse me, from an elementary lens, um, I think a really great way to kind of uh, combat this from the get-go is to have parents attend um, if they're able at the beginning. Um, this way we're going through like how to set up a lot of times, especially with your little guys, it's it's that they haven't used a laptop before. They don't, they don't know how to work the device. They don't know how to enter the room and mute themselves. And so they need that support on their side. Um, so I think setting that expectation up front, like please attend um, even for the first week. Uh, that's going to be almost like our, um, uh, what do they call it? It's like your dress rehearsal, right? Mm -hmm. You can look at your first couple days of learning or your first week of learning as the dress rehearsal. It's your job to make sure that your kid is like stage ready. They know how to access the course. They know how to enter the meeting. They had to you know how to mute themselves and raise their hand and leave the meeting at the end and go to their next meeting. Um, this is all super, super new, especially for our younger kids. Then what I would do is identify, um, you know, I know that uh, like in September, there's like um, parent, teacher parent education week. I can't remember the exact name of it, but that's when uh, like parent visitation week. Um, so like a lot of times the parents will come and they'll sit in the back of the classroom. That was always my least favorite day of teaching, uh, but parents love it because they want to be involved. They want to be there. They want to look involved. So setting that from the front of like, oh, and on X day, we're going to do parent visitation. On that day, you'll be able to join your child in the learning. Um, so still kind of upholding those traditional in-person uh, like classroom protocols, but again, translating into the online world. Yeah, yeah. So I think another boundary that could be fun to talk about is that um, most likely, so if you are if you are using some kind of learning management system, um, parents probably have more access to just your overall content than they did before. Of like before, obviously they saw some assignments that were coming home, things like that. But now they probably have access to like 
all of all of your instructions, rubrics, feedback, all of those things at a whole new level. And I think in many ways that can be a really positive and, and exciting thing. It's a great way to um, advocate for yourself and help people to see how much time and energy you are putting into putting together instruction and things like that. On the flip side, uh, we all know everybody has opinions about how things should and shouldn't be done. Um, there may be parts of it's it's a new way for you if you've never really taught through a learning management system before of a new way of having to give instruction. You're used to be able to be like in the classroom, giving instructions, answering students questions. And it's definitely potentially different when you're also trying to put it all in writing and you may not be as clear as you wish or as clear as somebody else wishes. Um, and so, and this is something that uh, a lot of what I'm saying, I also say to my students, again, because they're high school students. And so, um, even though I've been doing this for a long time, I'm still always changing assignments, trying new things. And with that, that means sometimes it's going to be a good idea and I'm going to do it well. And sometimes I'm not, or I'm going to think I explained it really, really well, and they're going to get confused about something. Yeah. So um, with all of that is being clear of <clears throat> if you are confused about an assignment, this is how I like you to reach out and communicate. So for me, um, I use Google Classroom. And so for me, I want you to post a private comment with the assignment. And my reason for that is it makes it easier for me to stay organized of like, mm -hmm. oh, the thing they're asking about is this thing. Like if it's coming through emails, then it's a little bit more of like, I have to like try and piece together. What are you talking about? Um, and helping to, to really share, like I'm open and interested in hearing questions about if there's something that um, you really don't understand, you need further instructions not so much about like, oh, I think it should be worth a different amount of points. I think that you should reformat your document, like those mm -hmm. types of things. So helping people really um, understand and then reinforcing that of like, people are going to approach you in different ways and always remembering like, even if I say, I want you to, to post this way and they email me, not assuming they're just trying to be disrespectful, but like they forgot. And so I will like right back, hey, thanks so much. Can you go ahead and post this with the assignment in Google Classroom? I will be happy to respond to you there. Of always kind of looping back of like, this is how I want you to communicate. Um, or, oh, do you remember? There's an FAQ sheet. Um, you can actually find that. I'd like you to look there before you reach out. And so the more you can can kind of combat up front is it's going to be easier because you're also making parents feel more comfortable because they now understand. Um, yep. And the more confident they feel in the fact that like, even them just like, it makes such a big difference when you say, I'm open to hearing from you. Like if you don't understand a grade your child received, you may reach out and say, can you help me understand more about how my child earned this grade? And I'm really big on people using the grade, the word earned and not like why you gave them this grade. Mm -hmm. 
But all of that just right away shifts it because it's saying, I'm open, I'm not perfect. Like I 100% know that, I own that. Um, and I also expect to be treated like a professional that I am. Yep. And I think, I think all of that applies to all grades. Um, and just kind of two things that I want to add on there. Um, it's very important to give people a time frame for how, how long it'll take you to respond. Um, give yourself leeway so that you can surprise parents when you get back to them sooner. Um, so maybe say like, I, it's my goal to respond to everybody, everybody's questions that come in uh, within 48 hours. And if you take weekends off, that should be 48 hours, Monday through Friday. Um, really set yourself up to um, succeed there with parents rather than facing that straight up overwhelm of like, I got 30 emails today from 30 parents saying 30 different things. Um, yeah. The other thing that I would say, oh, it just left my brain. Never mind. It'll come back another time. Oh, I, was, I know what I was going to say. The other thing I was going to say is uh, I think we could do a whole other episode of how to handle the parent who won't respect your boundaries. Because I think that's a whole separate episode. Um, something that I always like to remind myself when working with parents, uh, because it's, it's easy to get aggravated. Because as a teacher, you're doing your best. And you know best. And I always go back to my student teaching when I had a kid who was failing art and I just like couldn't do anything. I, I couldn't make this kid come through and I was so frustrated. Um, and my cooperating teacher told me, everybody's kid is somebody's baby. Uh, so it's like, remember that parents are really stressed too and they're trying to figure out what's best for their kids, especially if they're transitioning to distance learning. They're super, super stressed out. They don't know how to do it. They know how to get their kids through regular school, but if you're learning online for the first time, this is really hard and really scary. And so if an email comes through to you that maybe shouldn't have came through the way it did, take a deep breath, give that parent 24 to 48 hours because you don't have to respond immediately. And I don't recommend you do because the second you respond immediately, now that parent is trained. Even if you told them 48 hours, now they think you're going to respond immediately. So always let people sit in your inbox for a little bit of time, unless it's an emergency. Um, but know that, you know, parents, just the way that you're trying to do your best as a teacher, parents are trying to do their best too. Yeah. And I think I found like 100%, even if you happen to be checking your email when it comes through, like you got to uh -huh. wait. Um, but the other part that sometimes doesn't always happen when you wait is if you really, especially those hard emails, like wait the whole time, sometimes you will actually get a follow-up email of an apology where yep. like the parent was, they had a terrible day. Like they were stressed out. So many other things happened that you didn't even know about. They sent an email and then like they calm down, they have a good night's sleep and then they realize what they sent to you and are like, mm -hmm. Ooh. So there's also that moment of like, almost wait time to see if if they also are like oh gosh like i overreacted on that one because then it's just easier for everyone you just act like the other email didn't even happen respond to the apology and are like oh like happens to the best of us and kind of move on but um yeah because yeah. if you respond immediately you are also not only are you training them but you're responding to them while they're still mad right 
Exactly. Um, and they might not still be mad in 24 hours. So they might be, <laughs> but. And they might. <laughs> the end. But I think for the most part, it's setting those boundaries early and being super clear with parents about um, what their role is and how they can help you and help their kid. Um, and then give them the opportunity to participate and give feedback uh, because, it, because it is welcome and that's gonna really help to build that relationship. Yeah, but telling them upfront. And the other thing, if you're like, well, thanks a lot, I'm listening to this and it is um, October, uh, you can always back up if you realize you didn't do things and be like, you know what? I should have done this at the beginning. I didn't, and we're gonna do it now. I love it. It's never too late. All right, well, next time, let's talk about the parent who just won't respect your boundaries. That should be fun. See you later. Bye. Bye.